Hi there, and welcome to the Football Outsiders live stream and podcast for Thursday, January 12th, 2023. I'm Aaron Schatz, Editor-in-Chief of FootballOutsiders.com, joined as always by Mike Denier, Senior Writer from Football Outsiders, and we are here to do a super wildcard weekend preview, although I don't know at what point people, they're going to stop calling it super wildcard weekend, because at this point, this is what wildcard weekend is until we go to having eight teams in the playoffs and having eight games on the weekend with one on Friday night. You know, there are two institutions in the world that can use the word super all the time, the NFL and DC Comics. Both of them are going to use them as often as possible to get them in, into the mind stream here. So no matter how super it may or may not be, I think it's going to be super wildcard weekend as long as the NFL can keep convincing us to call it that. Yes. And then when they go to eight teams in the playoffs per conference, it will become oh, super duper wildcard weekend. It will be super hellacious. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Can you imagine the eighth team? The Jets would be in. The Patriots would be in. The command no, the Lions would be in. That'd be fine. Okay, I'd, I'd watch. The Lions that. would be fun, but uh, be yeah, fun. I don't know if it would be the Patriots or the Jets or the Steelers. Or, it depended no, on so, yeah. the Steelers. It would be the Steelers, and eh, yeah, I, I'm done hearing about Kenny Pickett for several weeks. So thank you. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> we can, no we Kenny got, Pickett, but all there, the is rookie, there is a rookie quarterback. There are a couple of rookie quarterbacks possibly playing in Wild Card Weekend. This. Is an interesting weekend because of the quarterback injuries. It, it looks like we are going to have three third-string quarterbacks playing and three games where the line is nine points or more. Yeah. But in the first game, that third-string quarterback is on the right side of the line, not the wrong side of the line. It's The line is, I believe, 49ers. It keeps going back and forth between 10 and 9.5. And Seahawks at 49ers. This is the Saturday 4.30 game. 49ers swept the Seahawks during the season series. And you can forget about anybody who says to you, it's hard to beat the same team three times in a row in the NFL. It absolutely means nothing that (laughs) won the first few games. It is not hard to beat a team. Normally, I believe the third time, the team that won the first two has the better record. Because if they won the first two, that's a good indicator they're just a better team overall. <laughs> yes. And 2-0 and in a particular head-to-head matchup out of 16 or 17 games. Right. So this, <laughs> is the, this is the matchup of two teams that are much better passing the ball than running the ball, even though they wish it would be the opposite. Yes. Yes. And, of course, you do have the 49ers who the passing game kind of looks and feels like an extension of their running game. But it's still the passing game. Right. And it's and they are not the everything is a screen and yak uh, stereotype that I think many of them think they are, especially now that Black Party's in. They, they have a downfield passing game. They're not just simply fluttering flare passes and hoping C-Mac and, and Kittle and now Debo uh, right. produce their offense. Although the Seahawks defense is very good against deep passes. They are seventh against deep passes, but 28th against short passes. So this is actually a good matchup for that short yak and screen game. This right. is, would be a good matchup for the 49ers to use that a lot. Right. right. Yeah, you, you stay away from the cornerbacks, especially uh, Wooden, who's had a very good season as a rookie, attack the linebackers. 
And I think there's some injuries at linebackers for Seattle, which is actually going to make things worse. Um, and then the other side, of course, 49ers always have a weakness against deep passing. Yes. The problem is, in order to take advantage of the 49ers' weakness against deep passing, you have to stay upright long enough to throw a deep pass, right? I mean, it's a bit that, – that stat where the 49ers are, they're 24th against deep passing. That stat is a bit biased because what right. it doesn't include is all the sacks and dump offs and throwaways that you have to take if you're trying to go deep, but the 49ers pass rush gets to you before yes. you manage to get the ball deep. I'll also point out that Smith's deep passing was way better early in the year. Geno right. Smith was sixth in deep pass DVOA this year, but that is almost all in the first five weeks of the season. Since week six, he's actually been below average on deep passes. It's stunning to hear that a great deep passer wasn't just sitting around on a bench with no opportunities. With all due respect to what Geno Smith has done and is still doing this year, he wasn't an undiscovered Kurt Warner just lying around there. And There also was a contributing factor, and I've talked about this in the past, Tyler Lockett was out for a stretch of the late part of the season. That's and true. drop off from Lockett, to the number three and four guys, uh, Treadwell. Laquan Treadwell, baby. Uh, my hero, Laquan Treadwell. Marquise Goodwin, who generally runs out there, one of the fastest guys I've ever seen a human run, always gets hurt. He was hurt quickly after Lockett, leaving them with less of a deep passing attack. So, I mean, I you know, looking at this game, I, I feel like of the three big lines this week, mm-hmm. I think the Seahawks have the best chance upset because as good as the 49ers have been in the second half of the season the Seahawks have a real a real Geno Smith for you know whatever that he he's not the guy that he was in the first five weeks of the season right he's a real quarterback I think he's shown this year he's a real quarterback and if you compare that to we're going to get to Skylar Thompson and probably Anthony Brown right like there's a big difference there like you can see geno smith and seattle putting it together they've got strong coaching they've got a good quarterback they've got lockett and metcalf like you could see a surprise possibly happening in a way i don't think you can with the other teams what i'd like to see and i wrote about this at football outsiders walkthrough i wrote a little bit about it in the new york times as well the 49ers field position advantage where the 49ers, for a variety of reasons, between turnovers and the fact that they avoid three and outs, they cause three and outs in addition to sacks and interceptions. They have, I believe, like a 5.24-yard field position advantage. What i like to see, just to see what it looks like, is for the Seahawks to get a lead and prevent the 49ers from being able to play the game of, oh, we get the ball at the 40. If we drive to a, for a field goal, that's fine because we're winning. If, we not, we, if not, we can play punt and pin. I would like to see what would happen if the 49ers really have to drive to, to stay in these games. And not against the Raiders. I know they did that against the Raiders. I'd like to see that. I don't think I'm going to see that. But if that were to happen and it was 10 nothing Seahawks early, I think we would see a different side of Brock Purdy, a different side of the 49ers that we have not seen in months. No, yeah. I mean, it's um, the 49ers won 27 to 7 in week two. Yes. And 21 to 13 in week 15. Yes. And both times. So we haven't seen it yet when these two teams meet. And the leads in both those games, I don't have it in front of me. I wrote about walkthrough. One was like 14 to three early. One was like 
21 to three or 21 to six or something of like that very early. So the Seahawks are passing, 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 and you can play the game of, okay, don't Brock Purdy. Don't take a chance downfield. We can punt. It's fine. Okay. They didn't settle for field goals. They did that in some other games, but they were able to just sort of play within themselves and get easy wins. I like to see what, what would happen if it didn't happen that way. I, I, I will say you can extend drives against the 49ers. They drop to 23rd on third down passes. Okay. They are in the top four of every down and play combination except for third down passes. Right. Where right. they're 23rd. And, and that's what is Diomedor Lenoir. Okay. 9.0 yards per pass. I have a feeling that if we broke that down, we would find some of those huge big plays we talk about. Right. And then a, you know, a reasonable amount of stops, maybe less stops than you expect, but like a lot of that 23rd is probably big downfield. Well, again, I bet if we watched a lot of film, yeah, I bet we would watch plays where a receiver beat Lenoir and then and a quarterback sat underneath Nick Bosa. <laughs> I am certain to see <laughs> quite a bit of that as well. We'd see quite a bit of that as well, yes. Um so so this line keeps going back and forth between nine and a half and ten. And the over-under is 43. I'm not a big fan. If I, if, I, if I were a gambling man, I don't think I'd be a big fan of, play, big fan of playing this game because 10 right. seems about right. 10 seems about right. I think we mentioned on Monday 10 was where the system landed, right? Yes. Yeah. Later on, I'll talk about I did a three-legged parlay. To solve this problem i'm not going to reveal it now it probably takes about eight minutes to explain so we're going to like let it go yeah, we've got that. i've got that listed last on the show yeah yeah let's leave that for the end but like if i had to this this is the one i would probably say uh, seahawks i would probably be comfortable thinking they could keep this game close in a way and i would probably work especially with 10 like a seahawks game. plus 10 like, I feel like that's the line where if it goes to nine or nine and a half, I'm feeling right. more 49ers. But at 10, and it's 12, it's like, more than 10, you're feeling more Seahawks. Right, right. And then, like I said, like, overall, like, if you said to me the Seahawks upset the 49ers, I would not say, oh, my God, that's mind-blowing. No. 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 When we get to a couple of these other games, <laughs> yes, we will say that. Yes. But we will not say that about the Seahawks and the 49ers. Uh, <laughs> reminder, by the way, uh, if you are watching this live on YouTube and Twitch, we love your comments and questions. Ask us all about the wild card games live. And if you are not listening live, if you are listening as a podcast later, don't forget that we are on live throughout the playoffs on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, except for Senior Bowl week when we, we, we're going to have to figure out when we're going to talk to Mike down in Mobile. But uh, let's move on to Saturday night where I'm shocked that this is the game that they put in prime time on Saturday night. Yeah. I mean, the markets are small. Well, LA is not small, but the Chargers have a small, you know, I have the right game, right? We're talking about the Jaguars. Yes. Colonel <laughs> Kurtz points out that certain kind of games like divisional contests, playoffs, and cold cause coaches to be conservative to their own detriment. And I will say the 49ers Seahawks game is supposed to be rainy with a little bit of wind. But if there's a game that does not qualify for that comment, it is Saturday night. Chargers yes. at Jaguars. Absolutely. Yes, I, will have a prop I think they went with exciting quarterbacks. 
Right. I think that was the feeling that even though the Jacksonville is a small market and the Chargers don't have a big fan base, that they went with the idea of the exciting young quarterbacks on Saturday night. I'm really kind of surprised that uh, this did not end up as the Monday night game with Dallas-Tampa Bay on Saturday. No, I mean, for the casual audience, when you have to go out there and say, hey, casual audience around the world of of football fans, Mm -hmm. Tom Brady versus the Cowboys, that's that's the thing. Like, we're thinking like fans fans, and we're thinking like people who are – on Twitter on Tuesday mornings, like having no, I'm, I was thinking they would want the bigger game on Saturday, and the bigger game would be oh. Tom Brady versus the Cowboys. No, I think the bigger market for television windows Monday night. Monday night oh. is where they get more more eyeballs. Oh, Saturday I night it was Saturday night because yeah, uh, because yeah, weekend. no, I think they, they're thinking Saturday night has lower casual fan eyeballs from around the uh, the country because people are out living their lives. Not me, of course. I would probably be on the Discord. Um, but like, it's good for like the fan fans. So we can all argue about Lawrence and Herbert and do all that. And then Monday night when grandpa's tuning in, he tunes in to see Brady versus uh, the Cowboys. So I'll point out a couple of weaknesses here that the other team is not well built to attack. Okay. The Chargers run defense is bad. Yes. But the Jaguars running game is not great. Uh, Travis Etienne does really well in PFFs running back yards over expectation. Yes. Because they account for the blocking, and apparently his blocking is terrible. So, which means that it doesn't matter if Etienne is good because the running game itself is not good to attack that Chargers weakness. He's also on the other hand, Jaguars have the worst defense in the league against tight ends. How are you feeling about Gerald Everett? The Jaguars, I I never feel that great about Gerald Everett. But I think you can, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's Gerald Everett. It's it's basically Mm -hmm. uh, Jared Cook part two. But he he can catch. He's a quick guy. He can work the middle of that field. If he doesn't drop a pass or two or fumble, a lot of fumblers in this game because ETN's a fumbler. Yeah. And Everett in the past has been a clutch situation fumbler. But that's something over the middle of the field that I think that the Chargers can, can definitely Yeah, the Jaguars are very weak against passes in the middle. They're 30th. Right. But that's not Herbert's game. Herbert is below average on passes to the middle of the field this year. Right? His game is much more uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the outside. You just said Justin Herbert was below average or something. Canceled. We're canceled. We're done. <laughs> we're done. We're done. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, that system is designed to get the ball to the perimeters. That is absolutely true. And he does, And Everett is not Travis Kelsey. <laughs> it's not like he's got this super weapon in the middle either. The other thing I'll point out, the Jaguars beat the Chargers 38-10 to 10 mm-hmm. in week three. But, we, you know, you learn not to overstate the importance of a regular season game in a playoff rematch, plus that regular season game was 16 weeks ago. It was 16 weeks ago. The injury situation, I'm sure, for the Chargers was extreme. Yes, yeah, so I'm saying uh, Mike Williams did suit up. Keenan Allen was not available. Josh Palmer was their leading receiver. I don't know if they lost the left tackle during that game or right before that game. But there's before a lot that game. Before that game. So there's a lot of factors there. Uh, Colonel Kurt says Travon Walker is rounding into form from what I have seen. Yes, the Jaguars pass rush looked very good against the Titans on uh, Saturday night. Yes, and our old friend J.P. Acosta wrote about it for Sports Illustrated a little bit. You can go check that out. But really, it's Walker and Arden Key and Josh Allen of the Jaguars all playing at a very high level off the edge and playing better now than in the past. I listed it in walkthrough. I don't have it in front of me. Over the last six or seven weeks, I think they're – Third in pressure rate, fourth in pressure rate. The Jaguars' pressure rate over the last couple of weeks is much higher than it was earlier in the season. Yeah. 
Um, the, uh, the cornerbacks are interesting because these are not strong defenses no. in general, but they each have one cornerback who did really well in SIS's charting stats, and it's going to surprise you a little bit for the Chargers. I think people uh, know by now that Tyson Campbell had a huge year. He was a first-round pick two years ago. Yeah. Really came into his own. For all the talk about Patrick Sertain, Campbell was the second cornerback taken after Sertain in that draft and had just as good a year. He right. was fourth in success rate and fifth in yards per pass. This year? Yes. All right. Wow. Michael Davis of the Chargers, who is not someone who gets talked about very much. No. Tenth in success rate, seventh in yards per pass. And the right. other cornerbacks had good charting stats. I think the secret to this game is get away from the quarterbacks, get, get them playing zone, throw it uh, linebackers, throw it. I mean, you know, Kenneth Murray is not anything special in pass coverage. Neither is um, what's the name of the Lloyd, Devin Lloyd from Jacksonville. Wilcon is a big part of the, you know, he makes lots of plays because there's lots of plays to be made, but he's a big part of that weakness against tight ends. Right. Right. I mean, Drew Tranquil makes a lot of big plays for the Chargers, but he's also kind of mistake prone. Colonel Kurtz was joking about Everett. Uh, uh, Tranquil is like me playing Madden on defense where I go charging up and hit the dive stick. And sometimes I get an interception and sometimes it's a touchdown the other way. When did J.P. Acosta, was he a guest and he said he would be in his Jag chef hat and apron? It was before he left us and went to uh, Bleacher Reporter. Yeah, he's a he's a S.I. And Bleacher Report, I think. Okay. It's, it's not SI. It's something else. I think it's Bleacher Report now. We're, 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 we're wonderful mentors here. We, we don't even remember where our guy went. We love, we if the Jaguars him. win this game, I will get JP to be our guest next week in his apron. And we'll get that hat and apron, yes. We will get the hat and apron if the Jaguars beat the Chargers, which I think there's a good chance of. The line is Chargers minus two and a half, and the line has actually moved towards the Chargers during the week. But our numbers have the Jaguars as the better team, and they have the home field. And I know people are like, what does home field mean to the Jaguars? The Jaguars do, I mean, it's a smaller market, but they've got a home field fans. It's not like it's not like the Chargers and the Rams where the stadium is half filled with the other team's fans. Did you miss last Saturday night, people? Telecaster mullet guy will be out there again, probably. <laughs> home field advantage. From like fake Gary Rossington, two hand tapping the national anthem, you will get nothing. You will get nothing. That's a different stadium now. The fans in Duval have lost their mind. They are they lost their minds because the day they moved to Jacksonville, but they've lost their minds for this team. And there's going to be a home field advantage. I was checking. Rashawn Slater is practicing, but he's not supposed to be playing. I don't think he's supposed to be playing. But they they worth- feel he will not be ready for this game. Right it, it, for the window to open and for him to be out there would be unusual playoff game unusual things do happen yeah so what do you think i mean i'm i i take the jaguars jaguars plus two and a half i'll take the jaguars plus two and a half also did put together a prop for this game let's hear so, it. a little bit of a homebrew of a prop i went to get the parlay button uh and changed the uh the numbers a little bit but justin herbert passing yards over 254.5 Trevor Lawrence passing yards over 249.5. Got a total of plus 175. So bet on a shootout. 
betting on betting on the shootout, hoping for good weather. And it's a mild shootout. I mean, it's, it's alphabet soup when you start saying all these numbers. 254.5, so 255 for Herbert, 250 for Lawrence. So it's a moderate shootout, I think is very attainable. And it's a chance, I, I'm betting for an exciting game where we get to hear about how exciting these young quarterbacks are, which is what I would like to say. Yeah. All right, let's move to Sunday. Yes. Dolphins at Bills. I ran a bunch of numbers about this game okay. because they just played a couple weeks ago. So it's a lot of these are numbers that I had prepared for the show a couple weeks ago. And then I found some other interesting numbers. And does any of it matter? Okay. Do any of these, all this notes that I have, does any of this matter? Skylar Thompson is probably the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins in this game. Yep. Buffalo was the number one team in DVOA. Yeah. And by the way, Skylar Thompson is probably the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins in this game. Like, let's say that again. Like, <laughs> the line is 13, which I believe I saw is the biggest line ever for Wild Card Weekend. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Did not, I did not even, that didn't even dawn on me that would be the case. Holy cow. Yeah, not the biggest playoff line ever because there have been like Super Bowls that had lo- larger lines. Right. Than but right. I saw things saying this is the largest line that has ever been on Wild Card Weekend. Stunning. Absolutely and, stunning. And, and well-deserved. <laughs> I mean, the Bills uh, the Bills uh, lost to Miami in Week 3. Yeah. They yeah. beat Miami in the snow in Week 15, uh, 32, games. but only by three points, 32-29. And I can go down and recite interesting stats, but Skylar Thompson sucks. <laughs> like, I I just if if Buffalo because I feel like Buffalo could go out there and lay an egg on one side of the ball, yeah, and the other side of the ball would just pick up the slack. Like right. even if Allen goes out there and plays a bad game, don't you think the defense would? be strong enough against Skylar Thompson to come away with the win. I mean, this is the number one special teams also. I don't think we can talk about the win. It's about talking about the cover at this point. Cause I'm sort of saying, well, what if the, what if Josh Allen throws an interception in the red zone, which he tends to do even when they're leading, especially when they're leading and everything. Can we get to 13 point, 13 points for the, for the dolphins along the way. And I still can't find it there. And you mentioned the defense. Uh, you can get the Bills defense and special teams as an anytime scorer. Keep in mind two kickoff return touchdowns last week. Now that might have been a little bit of an emotional surge, but still you're playing a, an opponent that is somewhat mistake prone. Bills defense, anytime touchdown score at plus 450. I mean, you're playing a bad special teams unit. Miami is 20th or lower in all five phases of special teams. Wow. And Buffalo bad- is number one in special teams this year. So that's a huge advantage. Right. Um here, here's an interesting one that I found when you bring in personnel grouping. Buffalo, offensive DVOA versus base defense, 21st, against nickel, second. Dolphins, defensive DVOA and base, eighth. Okay. Dolphins and nickel, 25th. So if the Bills throw three wide on the field and force the Dolphins into nickel, yeah. Suddenly, they're the second-best offense in the league against the 25th-best defense. I can think of all the things the Bills can do from nickel because they can run. They can run an option game. They obviously can just beat you with their receivers. I believe they're getting Jamison Crowder back, or maybe that's going to be uh, – His, 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 um, his, his uh, practice uh, practice window opened, but I don't think he'll be ready Crowder for this game. 
Okay, well, Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie. <laughs> you know, you've got plenty. Yeah, Isaiah McKenzie, even Cole Beasley. I mean, Miami doesn't have great depth at the cornerback position. Right. Like, just spread it out and beat them. And even if Allen throws a pick or two, you know, I mean, Miami is 30th against tight ends. And Dawson, Dawson Knox, Knox 98 yards and a touchdown in week 15. Yeah, he reappeared recently, which was it was great to see Dawson Knox back out of witness relocation for that offense. Um, just going to interrupt briefly, uh, JP, I, I said he was working for Sports Illustrated. You said he was working for Bleacher Report. He's working for SB Nation. SB Nation, okay. And, and I, I always confuse Bleacher Report and SB Nation because they were both like uh, amalgams of other smaller sites. Yes. Yep. So I apologize to JP for totally screwing them. And to our friends at SB Nation. Yes. And Bleacher Report. Um, Miami is the number two defense in blitz rate. Because and Allen have. did have some troubles against the Blitz earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. That has smoothed out over the last few weeks. So, again, like – There's no – It's really hard. I mean, look, it's football. Anything can happen. Yeah. But what would you give Miami? A 5% chance of winning this game? Like – Yeah, less. I mean, yeah, I guess 5% because it's the NFL and that's, you know, 19 to 1. Roll the, roll the crit, I guess, So you're saying 5%. Yeah. Uh, roll the crit. But uh, – yeah, I mean, there's no there there. Like, you can say, well, you know, if, if Miami had a Joey Bosa, like, well, that's the X factor. I, I guess Tyree Kill is the closest thing they have to that. But right. even so, we've seen Tyree Kill with Skylar Thompson, and it's like, okay, we're going to run the screen. We're going to run the jet sweep. We're going to just try and air it out to you once in a while. It doesn't work with what they're doing right Right. Now. And then they don't have a defense that if Skylar Thompson is their quarterback, their defense can go out and win the game. No. Right. It's not that good a defense. It's not even close to being that good a defense. And Sean Ryder says uh, Ian uh, Isaiah McKenzie looks injured and maybe out. Yeah, I'm I'm, so, I'm losing track of all of my injury reports. Does today, it matter? So. It's, it matter. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I would honestly, um, the FO plus system picks Dolphins plus thirteen barely, but I would pick Bills minus thirteen. Even with 13, even with thirteen points, I would pick the Bills. 13 is my layoff the game, and that's why we will talk about a parlay later. But, like, yeah, that's my layoff the game level. I, at about 14 and a half or 15, I might consider the Dolphins. Yeah. yeah. So that's just it. Need All right. Much. Again, don't forget to make comments and ask questions if you're watching on Twitch or YouTube right now. Giants at Vikings, Sunday, 4.30, the Don't Call Us Frauds Bowl. Frauds. Uh, these two teams played three weeks ago. Yes. And the Vikings won with yes. a last minute field goal because yes. they are the Vikings, and that's how it works. <laughs> yes. 11 and 0 in one possession games. The Giants were 8 4 and 1 in one possession games. They were better for a long time, but they lost in week 18 by one possession, and they lost to the Vikings by one possession, et cetera. I barely remember what happened in that. Big, you know, on the one hand, it's like oh, it was a Giants versus Vikings game, and it was a one-score game. And they're both playoff teams. If you talk about like these Bills Dolphins games, like, I, I remember what happened. You know, it was the snow, it was this, it was that. I don't remember what happened in that game except it well, was partly because it was a one o'clock. But I was, I was, and we were watching other games, right? You but, know, I mean, Jefferson had 133 and a touchdown. Oh, that's Hawkinson good. had 109 and two touchdowns. Oh, neat. Giants got a Saquon Barkley touchdown and one from Isaiah Hodgins and some field goals. 
and some field goals. <laughs> and then and then there was a field goal at the end. Yeah. Uh, do, do we have an upset brewing here? I mean, I guess that's where I, I mean, would start. I don't know. There are some splits that sort of suggest – Mm-hmm. The Vikings, for example, the Giants rank 32nd against passes in the middle of the field. Oh, boy. Particularly the short middle. And Cousins was fourth in the league in DYAR on middle passes. Okay. Although he didn't have a lot of value on them in week 16. Only six for nine with six yards per pass. You're basically, with the Giants, you've got a front four, and then you've got a very vulnerable back seven. You know, they're going to get some pass rush. They're also going to stop your run pretty good, not outstandingly. They are not the 49ers. But yeah, if you start going matchup for matchup and say who's going to match up with TJ Hawkinson, I, I don't have an answer for that for the for the for the Giants uh, defense. And the same thing goes for all the other things they do scheme in the middle of the field. Um, in addition to the idea that I don't know who's going to cover Justin Jefferson with any level of success. On the other hand, the Giants pass offense went from 15th in the first half of the year to 7th in the second half amazing. of the year. It's amazing. The Vikings' pass defense went from 17th to 29th. Oh, my God. And Useful Title asks, do we okay. have thoughts on Max Kellerman listing Daniel Jones as a Tier 3 quarterback above Jalen Hurts? Well, let's start with why do, why should I give a crap about Max Kellerman? I mean, it's one thing, like, you know, Dan, Dan Orlovsky puts his things out there and he's got Prescott below Daniel Jones. And it's like, okay, well, you know, you played, you do do analysis. Who is Max? Max Kellerman was like a host. He was he's like, a boxing announcer. Then, then I don't, if he's saying that Daniel Jones could beat up Jalen Hurts with a right <laughs> hook, he's wrong. I would trust him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's I mean, like you, I'd have to see what his tears were. I think I think Daniel Jones had an improved year. Yes, I think that it's sort of interesting going forward with him. You could have a league average starter that you could perhaps sign to a reasonable contract and yeah. just build a good team around him and win like a Kirk Cousins. Yeah. But I would not put him above, above Jalen Hurts. And, that, and that's the, what you're describing is the ceiling. And there is in the Giants media, like the sort of groundswell, because I think the Giants are bracing for Daniel Jones coming back. Like yeah, some- it's the ceiling, but I don't think anybody would have thought that that was the likely result before this season. True. I think he improved and Dable has improved him and Dable has built a good offense around him. And the fact is this team is 10th in offensive DVOA this year. 10th. There's With Daniel of, Jones, a quarterback, it's wacky. A lot of really good scheme. There's a lot of crisp little short passing that was well-developed. There's a lot of turnover avoidance, which I think is uh, is contributing to that because they're not being forced to push the ball downfield against a lot of their opponents, and they're not trying to against a lot of opponents. So, I, you know, Daniel Jones, if you're putting him above uh, – Oh God, Ross just gave us a t- – I don't want to see the take, Ross. Show me every actual football person's tier list, every football person in the world, and then when I'm done looking at those, I'll get to Max Max Kellerman. So let's put it that way. That's it. Um, the Giants are seventh in SIS's pressure rate. The Vikings are 29th in pressure rate on offense. Uh, and the Giants lead in PFR blitz rate. They blitz okay. more than any other defense. Cousins by ESPN stats actually better against the blitz than not the blitz this year. Hmm. 
But he's going to be under a lot of pressure in this game, both from Thibodeau and from the Blitz. Yeah, and I have a feeling there's two kinds of Blitzes against Kirk Cousins. There's Blitzes by all the bad teams, and then there's the Blitzes by the stronger teams. And we see what we've seen what was happening when the when the Packers and Cowboys. Yeah, but left. the Giants ranked 29th in defensive DVOA this year. They are not one of the stronger teams. No, no, they've got a good front four, but again, you're going to exploit exploit what's behind them right now. And Let I'm guessing I I haven't gone back. I meant to go back, and I haven't didn't, didn't get a chance to go back and watch the Vikings Giants game to see how much it's like Adore Jackson on Jefferson versus yeah Darnay Holmes and uh, but Jefferson is hard you know hard to cover. I mean that's the thing I've said this about the Vikings all year. The thing about the Vikings, pretty much everything about them this year was below average. Nothing was terrible. Everything was just a little bit below average, except for Justin Jefferson being the best receiver in the league. Right. And um, I'll, I'll add Kenny Nwongwu, the kick returner. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's a really good, yeah. Right. And, and then you have your two edge rushers, and that's it. And then you have things like their weird little penalty advantage, which I've written about several yeah. places along the way. And throw in some field goals, and you get this weird, lucky, fluky season. But yeah, in a game like this, a team that's okay or just below average at a lot of things, that can add up against a Giants team that like is somewhat perplexing. Again, I, I see their high DVOA, I've seen their wins. It feels very smoke and mirrory to me as somebody. Yeah, they're both smoking. They're both yeah. built on smoke and mirror. Smoke, so that smoke and Justin Jefferson's different though. <laughs> I mean, I I would take the Giants. It's Giants plus three. Okay. And I think I would take the Giants plus three. One reason my feeling is, do the Vikings even win games by more than three? Like you get the push, you get the push as a loss. You get your money back as a loss because it would be okay. It was a three-point win by the Vikings, or it was a two-point or one-point win by the Vikings, which you win as the Giants, or you get the upset and you get to feel like you're part of something with the Giants. And I don't want to like like I want to rip Vikings fans. I hope you've enjoyed this season. It has been interesting. It's been unique. They kind of tons of fun. Tons of fun to be a Vikings fan. Tons of fun to be a Vikings fan. They did this thing where half the teams in the in, in the NFC are like rebuilding in this bizarre way where it's going to take them two or three years. And you stuck it out, and now you've got this big season. It's going to come to an end soon. It'd be fun if it happened this weekend, and I had the Giants plus three, and you had the Giants plus three. Yeah. The so useful title says Smoke and Mirrors plus Jefferson versus Smoke and Mirrors plus Parkland. One of those things is easy to neutralize, and the other isn't. Yeah, it's that's not, Yeah, true. you can neutralize Parkland. That would point towards the Vikings. Yes, exactly. Um, all right, let's move on to Ravens at Bengals. Oh boy. Sunday night. Oh, boy. Here's the thing. <laughs> Again, we could go through stats. We could go through the Ravens one in week five, the Bengals one in week eight. It is looking likely that Anthony Brown is the quarterback for this game. Yes. Like not even Tyler Huntley. Right. Like Tyler Huntley did not throw at practice yesterday, which means we are in line for Anthony Brown. That's why I said earlier in the show, three third string quarterbacks, Brock yes. Purdy, Skyler Thompson, and Anthony Brown. Yes. And so again, we're stuck with how much do we want to go through stats on this? If, if an undrafted rookie right. is starting with an offense that is not the San Francisco scheme. It is not right. Like he, no. he does not will not have the player. He does no. There's no Christian McCaffrey. There's there's, there's no, no Daniel. There's no Brandon Ayuk. There's no Kyle Shanahan calling the plays. Right. It's a good defense, right? The Ravens in defense improved 
They're seventh on the year in DVOA, mm-hmm. third against the run in the second half of the year. Uh, Just, the Ravens are third in special teams, right? Always have a big special teams advantage. Right. But Anthony Brown, man, like it's, it's a third string rookie who just played the same team. So it's yeah. not even like, well, and maybe Greg Roman held something back. I don't know. Well, we can surprise them with this, surprise them of that. This team just saw him. He also played some earlier in the year. I don't think there's a lot of surprises in the back pocket for Anthony Brown, who is the copy of the copy of Lamar Jackson. He's like the scout team answer to Lamar Jackson. So it's not even like, well, wait, wait till they see this weird option package we put together. It's the Ravens. That's what they have. That's what you've been scheming against. It's just a really bad version of it now. So, I mean, you know, I can talk about the Bengals are strong against tight ends, you know, okay. so maybe they can neutralize Mark Andrews a little bit. Again, what does it matter if Anthony Brown is the starting quarterback in this game? Maybe there's some cool props just lying around. Those click over. I don't know. The line right now, it's gone back and forth. It went to 10. Now it's back to eight and a half. Hmm. So I don't know. Maybe the money thinks that Huntley's going to play. Right. Eight well, and a half sounds like the Huntley line. Now it's at nine and a half. So I think we're back to Anthony Brown. We're back to, back to Anthony Brown having a better chance to play. It's not. Eight, I mean, eight and a half sounds like someone saw smoke coming out of Lamar Jackson's chimney or something like that. That's where we were at with that. Uh, well, yeah. Lamar Jackson is is out, right? Like they're not at this point. There's has, no hope of Lamar Jackson playing. It's this week. We haven't seen him. We haven't heard from him, so it, it, this would be it would be the greatest story ever told if he came wandering onto the field. So that's not really a thing. Yeah, I I don't even know. You can start looking at props if you want to try find something interesting about this game. But I would, I mean, I I think I would go Bengals minus nine and a half. Is it time for my prop? Uh, I was going to wait till the end, but your okay. prop does not involve Monday night. So tell it us, doesn't... let's let's hit your prop before we hit Monday night. Okay, so I wanted to get all of these favorites. I wanted to get their numbers down a little bit. Okay, just down into like my comfort range. So again, this was homebrewed. I grabbed it was DraftKings. I like playing with their parlay system, and I moved the lines down. So it's a three lagger. Bills minus nine and a half. Little breathing room. 49ers minus three and a half. A lot of more breathing room. And I took the Bengals all the way down to minus 2.5. I don't know why I did. So you could fiddle with that at home. Okay, because I feel like four or five, six points, that's probably fine. But Bills minus nine and a half, 49ers minus three and a half, Bengals minus 2.5. I got that at a very Gronk approved plus 169. So, you know, season to taste, folks. You got these games where it's like you want some action on them. You don't want to be in this double-digit spread world necessarily if you if you don't like them. If you like them, play them. Mess around with some two-game, three-game parlays with this. Maybe you can get the lines down a little bit. And if you feel like rooting for favorites, root for the favorites with a little breathing room. And that's what I'm going to be doing throughout the week, uh, throughout the weekend. Yeah, the biggest danger to that parlay would be yeah. the Seahawks yes. coming close. Absolutely. I probably should have taken that down to two and a half. So yeah. they get a little get a little bit of like get the field goal, you know, close call late game field goal out of the 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 equation there. Mess around with these on your own. Again, when you've got when you if gambling is legal where you are, you can get that app. You can mess with the parlay system. It'll throw all these amazing odds at you. Maybe you get something you like at plus one forty, plus two forty, depending on how you do it. But if you don't like, if you love the favorites, which we all do, but don't love the lines, you've got an option. All right, let's move on to Monday night. Cowboys at Buccaneers rematch. The Buccaneers won nineteen to three way back in week one. 
they ran all over the Cowboys and then proceeded to not be able to run the ball for the entire (laughs) rest of the season. So I don't think that game tells us very much at all. So much late season decline here. The Dallas pass defense has gone from third in the first half of the year to 18th in the second half of the year. The Tampa pass defense has gone from sixth in the first half of the year to 28th in the second half of the year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I guess it's a little bit masked with the Buccaneers in that they've played some weaker quarterbacks and they've given up things to those weaker quarterbacks down the stretch mixed with the idea that like, I I know for example, in that Panthers game, like I took my eyes off of that Panthers game and like all this late game stuff happened and you don't realize, yeah, that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, uh, pass defense out there giving up 24 uh, to the ghost of, you know, ghost of Sam Darnold. And uh, they faced the Cardinals without Murray, right? Yeah. They faced Trace McStorley. Yeah. in the Cardinals game, and they still, like, they were trailing 16-6. to six. Some uh, of it really, also, the, some of the Dallas is that the pass rush has not been as impressive in the second half of the year. Like, Micah yeah. Parsons was running away with Defensive Player of the Year, and now he's going to yeah. lose it. Right, I think he will. I think he's going to lose it probably to Bosa? Probably to Bosa. Um, here's another interesting stat. Dallas's offense, after halftime, goes from yeah. 22nd to 7th. And they rank second in offense in late and close situations. Tampa Bay's defense is first before halftime and 23rd after halftime. And they Uh rank 31st in late and close situations. Tampa Bay's defense ranks that low? Yes. Despite all the games that it's like 13 to 3 and they're trailing and they win at the end? Because they keep giving up points and then Brady comes back and wins. Yeah. Right, but a lot of, okay. So I thought a lot of the ga- points they gave up were earlier, and then like they get the stop, so Brady gets the second score. But I, I think I'm missing a few of their games here. For example, the Panthers game again, they gave up a bunch of stuff late in that one. Yeah. Um, we we forget. I forget. They got hammered by the Bengals. They got hammered by the 49ers. Um, you know, because when I wa- look think about the Buccaneers, I'm very focused on those weird comebacky games that they had, and it's I will different. say. I am emotionally very much rooting for Dallas. Yeah. Like, I really want uh, people to stop attacking Dak Prescott. It would be really nice to have Dak Prescott have a signature playoff win so that people can stop whining about the fact that he throws a couple too many interceptions. You mean a pick six every week? I'm sorry (laughs) about this. I'm not doing this whining thing. He led the league in interception percentage. He threw a pick six against the Commanders in a game they needed to win. He threw a pick six early against the He Eagles. is still overall a very good quarterback. He is he is definitely an above average quarterback. He is better than Daniel Jones, et cetera. But I, I don't like this whole it's whining if we point out he led the league in interceptions. It is a legitimate, it's a legitimate concern. It's a legitimate um, concern. I still I would like to see the Cowboys beat. I'm, I'm done. Nobody I'm done. needs to see any more Tom Brady playoff victories. Like, not even Tampa fans. They have a Super Bowl from two years ago. Let the Dallas fans have something. Let the right. Dak Prescott fans have something before that they go to San Francisco and get killed. And I, and I want to point poor Icewater because I was already, oh, Brady to Miami. We're starting this again. You know, and, and it's like, I, I, let's pour a little ice water on this and let's take a it, it would be gratifying to see the Cowboys defense do well. Dak take care of things and say, are we really going to climb up this mountain again of Tom Brady and, and, and his 
munificence and things like that. It's, we it's, are because Tom Brady is a free agent. Yeah. Quarterback. Tom Brady is the number one free agent quarterback. Mm-hmm. Who would you rather have next next year, Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo? Derek Carr. Would you rather have Derek Carr than Brady? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Yes. Interesting. The difference is for Carr, you have to give something up. Well, that's a good point. Brady, you don't. Except lots and lots of money. And then you have to you have to pay Carr too. You have to pay everybody. And then you have to turn around and look at your offensive line and say, okay, guys, if he hits the deck a couple of times, we're gonna have this situation. Is my team ready to win the playoffs at eight and nine? Am I playing in a division where I'm gonna win the playoffs with eight and nine, even though I've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and a defense that was playing lights out in the first half of the year? It is a tricky question. So the line is Cowboys minus two and a half. Uh, uh, I mean, I want Cowboys emotionally. I want Cowboys. I just, I want Cowboys. Let's go Cowboys. All yeah. Right. It's hard sitting here with all this Eagles paraphernalia behind me to say, but because like, yeah. both, both defenses have declined. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Cowboys offense is just better. And Tampa is just going to waste a bunch of downs running. Yes. Tampa's offense on first down, yes. sixth passing and 30th running. Yep. Dallas's defense on first down, 20th against the pass, sixth against the run. Every Tampa handoff on first down is a total waste of time. <laughs> Inject them all into my veins, too, because it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to watch. It doesn't even look like this really like intricate running game. It's just like we're gonna we're gonna run power, and mm. see if we can get the second and and fourth. You're getting the second and nine. That's what you're getting, or second and eleven. I think I mentioned it in in uh, walkthrough. What was it? Nine missed tackles. The nine broken yeah. tackles the entire year. Okay, less broken tackles by the Buccaneers than like some teams' number two running back had. Yeah. And yet they're still going to do this, and they're still we're still going to hear about playoff Lenny. Yeah. Uh, playoff Rashad, I guess. But playoff, yeah, playoff White. Yeah, yeah there you go. There's not a lot from either. So, yeah, I'm, I'm picking the Cowboys. I want the Cowboys. I'm rooting for the Cowboys. Okay. Uh, if, if the Vikings beat the Giants, that then gives us Cowboys-Eagles. Ooh. If the Giants beat the Vikings, then that gives us Cowboys-49. Should be rooting for, I should be rooting for, as an Eagles fan for all the nonsense here. To get each the- of those are great historic game. Like, having another Eagles-Cowboys game, only That's this cool. time with both Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts playing it would be and having a cowboys 49ers great game and a chance to relive the amazing history of that rivalry would also be great right do you really need to see tampa play philly we do not need to see tampa play philly when you know when i say like you know the giants play philly but you can't have everything (laughs) you know the selfish reasons not the good football reasons well giants i mean again if the giants beat the vikings the giants play philly Right, right. They get the. I mean, we're assuming we're assuming that um, the seventh the seed uh, that the Seahawks don't beat the 49ers, but I, I'm assuming. Right, right. Anyway. No, you're right. That would be the that would be the big that would be an exciting game, and and like general fans would enjoy it. So absolutely. Yeah. All right, that does it for our super wild card weekend preview, and I want to thank our sponsors, our good friends at Underdog Fantasy. Play Underdog Fantasy with us. Double your first deposit up to $100 with promo code OUTSIDERS. You still have a couple days to get in for playoff best ball experience. Playoff best ball. That is the time right now. 
join the fun at underdogfantasy.com or download Underdog in an app store. Promo code OUTSIDERS to take your first deposit and double it up to $100. Uh, Mike and I will be back on Monday to review most of these games and I guess preview the other one again. Dallas-Tampa a little bit more. Oh, well, and, I mean, Sean McVay will have quit by then. We'll talk about that. You know, yeah. there'll be plenty of other stuff. If we don't want to just go and grind on the Cowboys Buccaneers again, it'll be fine. Yeah. Any divisional round game with Tampa feels awfully boring, says Sean Ryder. Well, we're not going to have to worry about it until Monday. So, we'll grind on it some more. All right. All right. I hate that Monday game. I hate it. So, anyway. Well, enjoy it now because when we go to eight teams in each conference, there will be a Friday night game. Stop borrowing that trouble. Stop borrowing I'm telling that you it's trouble. coming. I'm telling you it's coming. Friday night, three on Saturday, three on Sunday, Monday. No. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the wild card, and we'll talk to you on Monday. So long.